hosts of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. As Led Zeppelin said, the song remains the same. Well, obviously they didn't say that. That's just the name of one of their albums released back in the early 70s. But I think it's rather fitting for the market now. Not much has changed my view from last week. We're wrestling with new highs. The economic data has been good. Heck, the Department of Labor said we added 263,000 jobs last month and unemployment fell to 3.6%. That's the lowest it's been since 1969. Four years before Led Zeppelin released, song remains the same. We have a combination of a healthy but slowing economy with low inflation, no recession in sight, an accommodative Fed. And as we get through earnings seasons, a lot of companies are reporting better than expected results. But as I said last week, I am waving the yellow flag. I think caution is warranted here. And I'll give you two quick reasons why. One is because of investor sentiment the investor sentiment indicators. These are the contrary indicators. When everyone is going one way, well, then you want to think about maybe going the other way. And although optimism hasn't reached an extreme level, the latest data shows us that investor psychology is moving in that direction. Number two is the market breadth. It's terrible. As a matter of fact, with the markets registering new highs, Only 10% of the S&P 500 stocks have made a new high, which indicates only a handful of large cap tech stocks are carrying most of the load. I pointed out that four companies are responsible for more than half of the NASDAQ gains this year. That's Apple, Facebook, Amazon, and Microsoft. Notice I didn't mention Google, symbol G-O-O-G. I like Google, but only if it's under $1,000. Actually, I'll throw in a number three if I can. We've had a lot of IPOs coming to market. That always makes me a bit nervous. When people are selling, then they must think that it's a good time to be offloading the shares. We've had Lyft come to market, that not meet thing. Um, And then we have Uber coming down the pike on Thursday. I've had people ask me about Uber. And my answer is, I'll take one, but I don't want to buy the stock. I have some big questions about the business model there. Some say it's this disruptive uh, technology that's a real game changer. But to me, it seems like a cab company with a really cool reservation system. It also seems like a price war is starting to break out between Uber and Lyft. And that's obviously going to have some consequences. Well, they're going to make less money. In these models, these business models, The drivers are the ones that are paying the expense of gas and maintenance and insurance on their vehicles. If prices keep falling and that gets passed along, well, it's going to be hard to attract drivers in the future. So for Uber, Uber, excuse me, I'll take the ride, just not on the stock. And as a side note, Bloomberg reported Monday that Goldman Sachs is on track to see a 12,000%, 12,000% return on their investment if Uber prices near the top of the anticipated range. They put $5 million into Uber back in 2011, and their stake could wind up being worth more than $600 million come Thursday. And I guess I missed that ride. 
Just as a reminder, we're doing a series of events this month on how to grow your wealth and protect your next stag in this volatile environment. Now, we're completely full for the first four, but we still do have seats for the last two. Those are May 22nd, May 23rd. Not many seats. And these two are both at Maggiano's in Tyson's Corner, Virginia. We'll have dinner starting about 6.30, and then we'll start our conversation shortly thereafter. We aren't coming in with these old boring PowerPoint slides. No, 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 no. What we want to do is we want to talk about what's important to you. So we're going to have plenty of time for questions as we sit down. Registering is pretty easy. Just go to our website. It's xmlfg.com. Once again, it's xmlfg.com. I got a listener uh, question from a new listener, and she's basically asking, what types of stocks am I looking for? And if you have a question, you can email us at podcast, which is plural, podcast at xmlfg.com. Well, the simple answer is, is I'm looking to buy things for less than what they're worth. I'm a value investor. I'm cheap. I can't imagine anyone saying that their goal is to buy something at a higher price than what it's worth. When it comes to investing, you basically have two camps. You have the value folks and the growth folks, the good guys and the bad guys. Actually, the, the growth folks aren't all that bad. If you ask people to pick what kind of investor they want to be, everyone's going to hold up their hand and say, growth, right? I want to be a growth investor. We want to make money. We want to have our portfolios grow. Well, both camps want to make money. We just go about it in different ways. And of course, I think our ways, uh, our way makes the most sense. And I believe you have much better results over the long term. You basically have two questions you need to answer. Is this a good business and what price do I want to pay for it? What's a good business? Think of it like this. If you won the lottery, now you have a billion dollars and you want to buy a business. What kind of business do you want? I would argue that you should want one that's growing and making money, producing tons of free cash flow, not one that you constantly have to put money into. You want one that has a good balance sheet. Balance sheets matter. And in general, a company with a competitive edge. You want one with a great management team who's acting in your best interest. Now, when you find a company that you like, you need to determine what price you're willing to pay for it. And we could spend days talking about this. But what I think is the most important thing is, is that you give yourself an ample margin of safety. Determine what you think the company is worth and then demand a discount. And you do this because you could have easily made a mistake and you're just giving yourself some room for error. The price you pay for different types of companies are going to vary. And I would suggest that You pay more for a company that has predictable earnings, a great balance sheet, and a terrific management team that's acting in a shareholder-friendly way, as opposed to a company that doesn't have these qualities. And when you're able to answer these two big questions, is it a great company and what price do I want to pay? Well, then you need to exercise patience. Stocks go up, stocks go down. Be patient. If you bought a stock for what you believe is a 50 cent dollar, well, you got a great deal. And we'll assume that you're right in your calculations. You bought a dollar for 50 cents. 
Well, the next day, the market drops, and so does your stock. Now it's trading at 40 cents on the dollar. I'm going to ask you, how mad can you be? You can't, really. You bought it at a significant discount. How are you supposed to know that the market was going to go down the next day? You couldn't know. That's just short-term market action. That would be market timing. You could always add to your position and average down. But in the end, if you're buying stocks at a discount to what they're worth, you're going to do just fine over the long term. And I say this constantly. I'm looking to buy a dollar for 70 cents. But let me clarify this. I don't want to buy just cheap stocks. I want to buy good businesses at a discount. I'd much rather pay 90 cents on the dollar for a good business that's really growing as opposed to just an okay business at 70 cents on the dollar. Let's wrap this up with an idea that you can take away and do your own research on, see if it makes sense for you. Intel, symbol I-N-T-C. And I started buying it earlier this year, and then all the chip stocks took off, and in my opinion, they got ahead of themselves. Now, with the market getting a bit more volatile, throwing a few tweets, perhaps even a tariff or two, well, stocks have pulled back. Intel has pulled back from where it was around almost $60 to where it is now around 50. If it pulls back a bit more, I'd start nibbling around 48. I'm trying to watch what I eat. 48 would put it at about 10 times this year's earnings. And if you believe the analyst, about nine times next year's earnings guest. I think this is certainly a fine company. They have a great balance sheet. Value line gives them an A++. They pay a 2.5% dividend and they're buying back their own shares. They bought back about $2.5 billion worth in the first quarter and they can do this because they're generating a good bit of free cash flow. I may be the early one here, the first part of the year. I think it's going to prove a bit of a challenge, but I do think that we're in the start of an upcycle for the semiconductors. Again, I'm going to start to be interested in it at around $48. Now, that's all we have time for today. Don't forget about our events later this month. We'll be back next Wednesday. And until then, remember, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow them. I'm Eric Whiteman. This is Common Sense Investing, and this is the end of the show. Okay, you've listened to the show. Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talked about during the show, well, they're just my opinion and may or may not necessarily be those of the XML Financial Group. Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, no. You should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I'd suggest you get someone who's qualified in these areas so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification, rebalancing, they don't guarantee better results and they don't eliminate the risk of losses. In investing, there are no guarantees. Just because you use these strategies doesn't mean you'll outperform someone or something who doesn't. XML Financial LLC is an independent registered investment advisor.